Dan. Hey, Chris. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Uh, you know, pretty good. Uh, it's just you and me today because uh, Didi went ahead and expanded his family. Yeah. You know, we'd appreciate if he set his priorities a little straight and scheduled things, you know, correctly with pending our approval. But, you know, he's got to do what you got to do. And he's a papa, happy papa of three now. So they're on the penalty kill. What can you say? They're on the penalty kill the rest of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the penalty kill. Uh, three on two power play for the children. That is perfect. Right. And that leads in very well to um, just something I've been thinking about lately. Uh, I've actually made it a point to ask a lot of parents about like who have three or more kids. Like what was the transition from one to two like? And then what was the transition from two to three like? Because like you said, once you get to three, um, you're you're shorthanded the rest of your life. That, that's just yes. how it's going to go. <laughs> and it started off, uh, it started off the feedback I was getting from some of our friends was like very positive. They're like, yeah, once you went to two, like adding a third or adding a fourth, it's really not that big of a difference. So I was like, cool, that must be the case. But I didn't just stop there. I just made sure to continue to ask people. And as I've continued to ask people, now I'm getting more and more reactions in the other direction of oh. parents who are, uh, they apparently have a, a pretty low penalty kill percentage. And yeah. um, I'm starting to worry about our guy, Didi. Have you thought about that at all? Like, you know, if, if you have a family or depending on how many kids you have, like the threshold of what you can handle or and what that situation would be like? Yeah, for sure. Especially if, you know, when you have two and depending on what you want, like gender wise, and if you haven't hit that yet and you figure, well, you know, three is a pretty average number two three you know is pretty average numbers for most families in america so it's not like three some crazy number to throw out so yeah but i you wonder like when is the time you make that decision i'm sure that's kind of what you're going through now and Didi had to go through too where your oldest i feel like has to be playing for both teams <laughs> has the ability to play for both sides yeah. you know all-time quarterback really basically <laughs> right now Sarsha's all-time quarterback they need her to step up in a role she's never been in before she's got to play for both teams yeah and I feel like that's maybe that's a big that's a big part of I think that decision is can we handle three because are we gonna really be playing zone defense the rest of our life or can we get a little man-to-man help from our oldest over here you know I think that's yeah that's that question I'll probably think about for years to come until I'm faced with that decision. And I can imagine how you, and I'm sure Didi went through the same thing about like, Ooh, this is a big one. We ready. We ready. Yeah. It's a tough one. I love the sports analogies. I did not think of it in that way, like ever, which is weird until you said penalty kill and this is perfect. <laughs> and we're going to have to, so next week is going to be football brunch where we're just going to be talking right. about the start of the greatest season of all seasons. Um, and we're going to have to ask Didi, like, hey, like all these teams are just about to start playing, but like you're, you, you got week one in the rear view mirror. Like, okay, what, what was the defensive strategy that you've employed? How has it worked out when you've gone back to film study? Like, what are you seeing on yes. tape? What's working? What's not working? I think this is going to be an interesting discussion. Like maybe as you go through a season with football teams and you see like the adjustments they make and they hire new personnel and stuff like that, make trades. Like, I think we need a week to week blow by blow documentation of Didi as general manager of his family and what's going to happen next. Yeah. I want a sleep log report. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I need all of that. Yeah. The adjustments that have to be made because, you know, the act of having a child isn't new to him and not new to you, but again, now all of a sudden it's not like oh one you handle this I'll ha I'll handle this one you handle this one. No. There's a lot of juggling going on now, right? And you've got to get things happening at the same time. And I'm sure you know patience will be thin for the first couple of weeks, months, years. Yeah. <laughs> well, stay tuned because you'll find out right here on the yeah. brunch breakdown. Uh, <laughs> welcome everybody to another episode of the brunch breakdown. Uh, 
like I said, it's Dan and I today as Didi uh, pieces things together on his end. We welcome him back next week for football brunch. But until then, uh, we got a few fun things to talk about today, right, Dan? We're going to go over yeah. uh, the beers that we're drinking. We'll see if we're both drinking beers. That's been a wild card on the brunch break. Yes. <laughs> Is everybody drinking? Uh, we're going to find that out. We're going to get things off our chest as we always do. Uh, we have some brunch court items. We might dive into a very unique pick two that uh, involves some some pairing of items. Um, what else? Am I missing anything? We're going to go through music, obviously. Yeah, and uh, we're going to dive into like football, like you said, next week. But we do have a very interesting sports topic to go over uh, today about the sports record that we believe is the most unbreakable of all the sports record conversation that came up. Uh, with some friends within the past couple of weeks. So a little potpourri of topics on the menu here today. Love me some potpourri. Uh, Dan, <laughs> tell the people where they can find us before we dive in. I would love to. And that's quite literally anywhere podcasts are found. You can find the brunch breakdown. Um, no need to list them. You know where they are and you'll find us there. It's that simple. Uh, new music, new music. Yeah, new music, but new episodes. Before that, new episodes come out each and every Wednesday. Make sure you're following or subscribing our channel wherever you decide to listen to podcasts so those episodes can be ready whenever you want to listen to them starting every Wednesday, bright and early in the morning. Of course, we have full video episodes on, on YouTube and Facebook that premiere on Wednesdays as well. That happens at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific and available on demand anytime you want to watch those we mentioned Brunch Court. You guys know how epic Brunch Court is. I can only imagine what it's like listening to Brunch Court and trying to visualize some of the things that we describe. Ladies and gentlemen, today you are going to need to witness visually what we talk about in Brunch Court. I promise you just to see it, to believe it. So check those videos out, of course. And we're everywhere on social media. You can see the clips throughout the week that we post a lot of other fun stuff throughout the week. Make sure you're following us at Brunch Breakdown on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Trailer, and TikTok. I said new music earlier that I meant to say new episodes. Now we're to new music, our new music playlist that comes out each and every week. The sounds of brunch. Yes. It's exclusively on Spotify that gets updated each and every Friday. We've got two weeks full of music for you now. So we're going to give you new songs this week plus last week's in case you missed it. So find us everywhere. People love it. I love it. Uh, well, Dan, let's dive into getting things off of our chest um, so that we can then have, some alcohol. Uh, tell me what's on your mind this week. Um, this could have been probably a topic all out of tone, but, uh, and here's why it's not, I'll ask you right now, Chris, did you happen to watch the VMAs on MTV this past week? No, I saw clips on social media, which was the only way I knew that it was even happening. Yeah. Okay. okay fair. I didn't think you did. So I didn't want to dive into a topic, but so maybe it wasn't even topic worthy because there are th more things that made me angry about it that I need to get off my chest. Uh, so it's more appropriate in this segment. Anyways, we're here to talk about the 2022 MTV VMA awards and things that I didn't like about them, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I don't think it's just because we're getting older. I really don't think that's it. I think there's just some shit production within this award show now, which be, used to be like the one to look forward to, right? You got the, the Grammys and the Emmys and all those like, snooty like celebrity heavy award shows that are on major networks at mtv vmas have traditionally been one of the better more entertaining award shows so i always still look forward to it uh still listen to the music that they're giving away awards to um but it all it all just went off the rails in the pre-show the red i'm sorry the black carpet it was a black carpet this year and the people that they have in conducting interviews it's like they just pulled off. They, they just pulled him off the streets, or people walking into the award show. Tate McRae, for whatever reason, was on the black carpet asking people questions, and she's a wonderful singer. She had no business being on that black carpet asking people questions. It made no sense. She felt it felt very uncomfortable, and the questions they were asking people, it's like they weren't prepared for any of these people to be there at all, and it was just a very awkward interaction. And I said, if the award show is going to be like this, we're turning it off. Thankfully, it wasn't. But And thankfully, I didn't watch the whole pre-show. It started rough. It started rough right there. Um, and then when they would be like discussing categories, 
Chris. They'd be like, here are the nominees for the category that we're giving away later tonight. And then it would just be video clips of people selfieing why they think so-and-so deserves to win the award, like on and on for 30 seconds. And I'm like, I don't need this. And I don't care what these people think about who they should win and, and why. That's that's not what this, it's not why I'm here. It's not why I'm here. Give out the moon person. I don't need somebody with 2000 Twitter followers shooting a video telling me why they think so-and-so should be artist <laughs> of the year. Like, I don't need this. I don't, it's not the, you know, 2020, I understand why everything was like the video became vid- heavy into production for these type of things. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't need to, we don't need to do this anymore. There were fans there. Like anyways, it just wasn't, it wasn't starting off. Well, a couple other quick hitters. Uh, this award show used to be held at like iconic venues, like radio city music hall in New York city and the stable center. Chris, you have any idea where the VMAs were held, held this year? I could not tell you. The Prudential Center in freaking New Jersey. <laughs> what, ha- what, what happened? What happened here? Really? We're in New Jersey at the Prudential Center? I should have known right there. Again, there weren't enough red flags. That was one. One of the major sponsors was Kraft Singles. Yes. <laughs> Kraft Singles. Like fake cheese, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, fake cheese, craft singles, individually wrapped craft singles, way major sponsor of this award show. Red flags, red flags everywhere. Um, within the first 30 minutes of the show, they showed Jimmy Fallon clapping in the audience at least six times. And then he gave out an award. Too much Jimmy Fallon. Too much. He wasn't hosting. They were showing him more than they were the hosts of the evening. Just, just too much jimmy fallon for me in one night um now i will say the performances were great the show itself was great they had kind of this trio of hosts mcs which honestly frankly i don't think worked um but the one performance and the one award they gave out was best metaverse performance and then eminem and snoop dogg actually put on a metaverse performance for this award show what what is a metaverse performance? I don't know what that means. So metaverse is all part of the Facebook world where it's, you know, all visual interactive. You're supposed to be interactive. You're supposed to have your VR headset on to act like you're there. But it's basically like watching a cartoon version of a of a performance is okay. basically what it is. I know there's a lot more interactive. They're supposed to, it's social. I get it. But like, here's the thing. Eminem and Snoop Dogg were there in the Prudential Center. They start off their performance in on stage. Then they cut to this meta performance version of it. The technology is so bad. It's like so behind. Like 15 years ago, it might have been cool. But if you see visually what the metaverse looks like, it looks ridiculous. It doesn't look like it's 2022. Like for as advanced as these companies are, as meta is in Facebook and Instagram – like apparently a lot of people on Zuckerberg's staff are telling him to stop pouring money into the metaverse because it just the technology is not up to snuff and it looks visually stupid and it was visually stupid especially knowing those two artists were in the arena and we cut to watch them digitally perform in these fake computer animated like bullshit and then at the very end they come back and they perform like the last 30 seconds live i'm like why are we wasting our time with this, this makes no sense to me. And then it was an award category. Like there were a lot of things I did not like about the VMAs. And I'll be curious. I, I know Didi was probably taking close notes as well. I'm curious to get his thoughts maybe next week, but I don't know. I was let down. I was let down by the VMAs this year. There, Like I said, there were some great performances. Um, some we didn't get to see because women were taking their clothes off. Again, we don't have time for this. I'm just trying to get things off my chest. She did. It was her shirt, and they had to cut the feed. Um, but, yeah. But congrats to Taylor Swift for winning Video of the Year and surprising us with new music uh, coming up in October. So it was good, good news at the end of it, so I'll take it. All right. Thanks, Taylor. Yeah, I haven't um, – I don't know. Like, there is that wonder as we get older where you think about things – 
and say it's not as good as it used to be. And when you say that out loud, you think, oh, shit, am I just actually getting old, you know? Right. But like, I don't know. I and maybe it is because I'm getting old, but like I back when the VMAs were like the big deal or they seemed like a big deal to me. Um, first of all, we weren't like cutting away to fake performances of real artists. That wasn't a yes. thing. Like, I don't know. I feel like the, the, the VJs at MTV, I think it's what they call them. Like they were like known commodities. So you're talking about the person, the people that they have, like interviewing people on the black carpet. Like, I, I feel like the people on MTV were celebrities. And so like you yeah. not only wanted to tune in to see the celebrities, but you wanted to see like the celebrities from MTV in addition to the celebrities that were going to be at the show. Um, Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, and there's just so much more content. Like there's just so much more, so many more artists, so much more music now. Mm-hmm. And like artists aren't putting out albums. They just put out like, songs randomly all the time that it's like for me very very hard to keep up with it so like when i went on social media i didn't even like i don't know if it's yesterday or today or yesterday whenever it was i I saw like the first thing on my timeline was like lizzo screaming at people angry because she like won an award but apparently nobody thought she could win an award and i'm just like who who are you yelling at? Like, you're you're very into this, like, drama that, like, 95% of people have no effing clue what you're talking. <laughs> I had no idea what she was talking about. But I fire up Twitter and she's screaming at me. Like, I'm just like, it was very clear when I discovered that this award show had just happened that, like, I'm, I'm totally out of the loop. But, like, if I were, from the way you described it, I feel like I already experienced the golden area, golden era of that award show. And like, I'm not too upset that I didn't tune in and, and haven't been. Yeah, no, that we've, de- it's definitely peaked. It's definitely peaked. And I'm sure those people that have produced those shows are, you know, long out of MTV, uh, you know, that we're talking 20 years ago when it was peak VMAs. And yeah, I do. I wonder that. I'm like, am I just old for this? And I, I really don't. I really don't think that's the case. Like Drake was nominated for artist of the year when he put out arguably one of his worst albums of all time. Like <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't be, it. shouldn't make it, shouldn't make it, shouldn't make it. You know, um, there were, like I said, there were really great performances, but just there was a lot of production stuff that was the sloppy part and that I didn't, I didn't really get. So be amazed. You're, you're losing me. You're losing me a little, a little bit. I, I want to be able to look forward to that show every year, but I don't know. It's a rough one. Yeah. I feel like there's just so many award shows nowadays too. Like there's a lot of them. Like I feel time. like twice a month, up. twice a month, you and Didi are like, all right, let's recap the whatever. And I'm like, the what? Like what? Just yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. There's so, there's True. so, it's hard to keep track. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think mine's going to be pretty short and sweet because like, I feel a little bit uncomfortable talking about this on the podcast, but I just decided that I wanted to this whole like student loan forgiveness thing came out, right. Where like student Mm -hmm. loans are eliminated or or whatever. I haven't really paid a lot of attention to it. Um, I, I just want, I just want, so that's great for people who are seriously in debt. Like you have some relief. I think that's awesome for you. Um, I just want to make sure that like people think about now that you have a little bit more financial freedom because that has been alleviated, that burden, like just think about investing a little bit of that money. Just think about it. Just think about it. Okay. Because you would be surprised how much, how, how far, how long of a way a little bit can go consistently. And I, I, it's, not my place to tell people how to spend their money, how to use their money. I understand that. But like, I have heard from enough people who I work with that are a generation ahead of us that have said like, if I would have just put like the bare minimum into a 401k or something like that, when I was in my twenties or my early thirties, I would not be working right now. 
I would be retired. And so like, I just, that popped into my head because we've had like some other like financial support that has come through. I feel like everybody got a a bunch of money during COVID and like just used it for stupid shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like so many people I feel like got like the money that like didn't really need it. So they bought like TVs and shit. And I just want to say if you have, if you, if you are able to, if you're financially able to, and now that you have a little bit of relief here, just think about putting some of that money away because your money can make money and it's, uh, it's not, it's not that complicated either. It's just something to think about. Yeah. When you're debating going from having two kids to three, uh, you'll thank yourself much later down the road that uh, you have that extra little, yeah. <laughs> little nest saved up there as well. It's a good point. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Um, well, that's all. Um, okay. Let's dive into what we're drinking, Dan. Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's talk about beer. Are, are you drinking a beer here today with us, Chris. I am drinking a beer because for okay. the second week in a row, Chris Gates is not in a calorie deficit family. So um, that's right. I decided I'm like a broken record here because I keep drinking from the same brewery, but like people keep bringing me beer from this brewery. So damn it, I'm going to drink this beer. Uh, it's Raised Grain Brewing once again. This is their Pivo Boho, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Their Czech style Pilsner. And I will say, Dan, as we get ready to transition here into September, which I suppose by the time we post this uh, episode, it will be tomorrow will be September. Um, We start to transition into a new uh, season of beers, if you will. Yes. And in the fall, Pilsners, lagers, they tend to kind of come into more of the forefront. Then we get into the winter months and you get some of the heavier beers um, like stouts and whatnot. I mm-hmm. really, really enjoy I like a good Pilsner. And surprisingly, you can mess up Pilsners. This is one that I actually like to have first at a tailgate before I dive into something lighter so that I don't like die. <laughs> but this is one of my favorite crafts to take to a tailgate. Um, and so I thought that I would have it today on the podcast because once again, while you're listening to this, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it was published, I will be tailgating tomorrow. And it's a beautiful thing. Right around the corner. Cheers. my Great choice. Pretty uh, clean and crisp. I imagine it's crisp, man. It's crisp. And and like, it's very flavorful. I don't really know how to describe the flavor of it, but it's it's very flavorful. Whereas like a lot of times you get a lager or a Pilsner and like there's nothing on the back end of it. You know, it just you mm-hmm. wash it down, rinse, repeat. Like that's just kind of mm-hmm. how most lagers go down. But this one is very, very flavorful, which is why I enjoy to have it first and then kind of, you know, make my yes. way into something easier. Smart. Very smart. I like that. You're right. We're on the on the verge of an incredible season of beers and i can tell you few are as excited as i am just because you know i'm the king of pumpkin and ladies and gentlemen it's right around the corner i don't have a pumpkin beer for you yet here today i'm trying to squeeze out the most of summer that we can um and so i have a brunch beer and to be honest i've had this beer for a long time uh because when i had it i knew it was special (laughs) and very special. And you don't let go and of something that's that special, right? You don't. You don't. But we let go of one of them because I do have another can of it still because it's that damn good. And this is just perfect for brunch. Um, I've done a few of the sheets, the now fairly largely regional uh, gas station conglomerate, if you will. Uh, they've done some co- collaborations with different breweries around the country. And this was one of their firsts, and they teamed up with Evil Genius Beer Company, and they created the Blueberry Muffins beer. This is a blueberry blonde ale brewed with uh, blueberry and schmuffins, if you will. You've got the classic Evil Genius uh, look on there. Um, This literally tastes like drinking a blueberry muffin and it's wonderful and it's just so delicious 
And unfortunately, they've never come out with it again, which is why I've held on to it the whole time, knowing that they probably wouldn't. Uh, but Elo Genius, Genius, they know what they're doing. Sheets, they somehow pick these partnerships so, so well. And they use Sheets muffins when they brew stuff like this. They use Sheets items. And this one is just, it's tremendous. It is. You get uh, that natural blueberry flavor and, you know, the great kind of breadiness of the muffin is just the right amount of sweet, uh, 6% ABV sheets, evil genius, get back together. Let's have another party. Let's tango. Cause this is a brunch beer. If there ever was one, the blueberry muffins. I remember the first time you got a sheets beer. I was like, I don't know about a gas station <laughs> brewing beers, but now they've had more of them. And like, you just keep hearing from more and more people that they're legit. And so they're, they become bona fide, taking that conglomerate uh, seriously now with they, their, their beers. Yeah. They've, they've crossed a line here or there when they like did the hot dog one, they brewed it with hot dog water. Okay. You know, that's where you lose me a little bit there, but really everything else they've done, they've done a Neapolitan called you all scream and, and some others. And it is, it's, it's always good stuff. So cheers to them. Cheers to you, my friend. Cheers, Dan. Happy bruise day. Happy Bruce Day, indeed. Also, uh, one of my mm. low-key uh, favorite things about drinking beer with Dan is when he describes the beer that he's drinking with so much joy because it tastes like one of his favorite foods. That's one of my favorite <laughs> You've had beers in the past where you're like, it's like drinking a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And like yeah. the, the joy on your face when that happens, it's a special thing. So people, once again, if you don't watch the episodes, another reason to watch the episodes. There you go. Well said. And thank you, my friend. I'm glad I can provide that sort of uh, insight <laughs> for everybody. Yeah, pure joy. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, all right, let's dive into the menu, Dan. And I want to hit this topic that we got from uh, our friend Ryan's bachelor party. So <laughs> we talked like all about that, I think last week, was it? Mm -hmm. And um, we can follow up with one more thing because uh, one of the gentlemen at the bachelor party uh, actually asked us at a craft brewery. Uh, he asked us, what is the most unbreakable record in sports? And this seemed, this seemed like a, I mean, if Didi was here, it would be perfect to discuss it with him too. But um, mm -hmm. I don't know. Every time we have these Chris and Dan episodes, I just get, I, I, I zoom back in time to the Chris and Dan podcast where all we did was talk about sports. Um, right. But I know Didi didn't want us to do like our 2022 pit football preview. So I felt like this is a more general topic that we could talk about sports wise. That's fair. Right. So <laughs> what, what sticks out to you in terms of the most unbreakable records in sports yeah frankly Didi was a little afraid that we were going to be uh previewing Pitt West Virginia the whole time and it wasn't going to go well for him so <laughs> uh, but yeah we'll dip the toe into the sports world a little bit uh before we go all in next week um honestly when we had this discussion the you know I took a moment to think about it because there's there are there is a lot there's a, there are a lot of records that probably won't be broken but the first one that came to mind for me is Cal Ripken Jr.'s consecutive games played streak of 2,362. Like, I remember how big of a deal that was. You know, he broke, it was uh, Lou Gehrig. It was Lou Gehrig, I think, who had the had the record before him. And, you know, how long of a gap that was when he broke that record. And, like, nowadays and in the future, that, that just, it's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah. No one's coming anywhere close to that because the way that people's like frankly athletes bodies are built nowadays especially baseball players is changing and the way that they train and how they play and how many innings they play and everything like that like to not even just take a day off you know what i mean and to just be healthy for over two thousand games in a row people barely have careers that last that long let alone play that many games in a row yeah like it's just to me it it doesn't doesn't seem feasible anymore that somebody will actually be able to in the in the world that we're in especially with technology and advancements like that can keep you healthier but it also gives you reasons not to play 
every single day in every game and the smallest things can keep people out of games. Um, frankly, especially in the game of baseball. So that was the first one that came to mind was just like that, that probably will never be touched. Yeah. The, it's funny you say, especially in baseball, the pirates had like a random, I don't know why I always remember this. They had like this random relief pitcher. I think his name was Brian Donnelly. And like, he was supposed to pitch one day, but they said he couldn't because it was too cold for him to stretch his back. And so he wasn't playing. And I'm just like, what are we doing? Like, really? <laughs> I can't call off work for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right. like the way that sports are structured nowadays, it's like they force guys to take days off because they don't want it's a you know, everything's an investment now. So if the team has a high paid player, that's an investment for them. They want to do everything they can to like prolong the longevity of that investment as long as they possibly can. So they don't want those players. If you have a double header, you're only going to play one of the two games, you know, that happens right. to pretty much everybody every season. Um, or like if you have a night game and then a day game the next day, like you're probably only going to play one of those two games. They're just not going to, they're not going to risk it. Yeah. Um, and the, and the way that players are paid nowadays, now I know it, 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 in some terms it's relative, but in other terms it's very much not relative. And like, there's a lot more incentive not to play 20 years of baseball anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just, it just frankly doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the first one that came to mind. What about you? That's a good one. Um, th so the first one that came to mind when we were asked this at the bar um, to me was Wayne Gretzky's goals in one season in hockey. I think it was, and I, of course I closed the tab. I think it, he had not, he scored 92 goals one year, which is the most goals scored in, in a single season in the NHL. And like they play 84 games. So that's a goal, a game plus a few that's ridiculous yeah now it's mm -hmm. a huge deal for anybody to get to 50 um if you're a 40 goal scorer you're considered one of the best in all of hockey you're one of the best scorers and that's half of what wayne put up in the 80s when he was in his prime and there also is like the difference in the game like it's so for sports it's so hard to compare eras you know what i mean mm -hmm. um because even like with cal ripkin like we're talking about eras and and how players are handle things now and how they're treated now as opposed to decades ago um but like the ho hockey in the 80s was like when you would put the video game on like rookie mode and you could just like find a spot where like if you shot it from the same spot every time it was going to go in um yeah like uh, hockey they, they were scoring seven eight nine goals a game kind of with regularity in the 80s which was ridiculous uh, and now it's like the game planning, the coaching, the, the skill level of all the players, especially the skill level of the goaltenders, which was not the mm -hmm. case back then. Uh, mm -hmm. Even the equipment that the goaltenders wear um, it's right. like so advanced now that I just can't, I can't ever see that possibly happening again. Yeah, no, that one, it, it, the game would have to change drastically in terms of even a lot of things you said, like goaltender equipment would have to shrink. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, goals would have to get larger. They'd have to play more games, you know, in a way like the NFL is doing now. And NFL records are going to be looked at all sorts of differently now because they're adding games to the right. regular season, right? It's like it apples to oranges now. You'd have to see something like that drastically in hockey. They've already made an effort to try to put more offense into the game. They'd have to really turn that up for somebody individually to be able to perform and score that many goals um you know even alex ovechkin is is no has not come anywhere close to that number that number is just ridiculously high um it's just yeah that's that's a definite that's a great one that's an easy one that probably won't ever be broken for sure yeah what about any others that you had yeah um i thought about i was going through the different sports and i thought you know about the most dominant athletes and of course tiger came to mind in golf and you know so he hasn't you know beaten and he probably won't even tie jack nicholas's uh you know majors win um even pga tour victories but the one that i think because again the the direction that golf is going and i don't mean the live tour i mean the direction of golf how much more competitive it is now 683 weeks as the number one golfer in the world the second most 
is 331. It's less than half of that. <laughs> 683 versus 331. Now, unfortunately, that second place is Greg Garbage, uh, Greg Norman, uh, Greg Garbage Norman, uh, speaking <laughs> of the Live Tour. Uh, but golf is far too competitive nowadays and tiger woods changed the game for a a generation and so unless golf in 30 40 years takes steps backwards and somebody can come in and just dominate that will never happen um it it really it really won't in 683 weeks at number one um he changed the game and he cemented himself that that record ain't going to be touched anywhere anywhere close 683 divided by 52 is like 13 and change. So that means he was number one for 13 years. That's yes. Insane. And yeah. Yeah. That, that it's, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable to think that for 13 years. It's kind of Over impossible. The course of that period, you add those up. Yeah. It's kind of impossible in like any sport to have that type of longevity. Um, I guess right. like maybe in an individual sport, but even at that, like, I don't know, like in tennis, like to Nadal, there's a joke in Djokovic, right? Like there's, a, there's right. always somebody else, but Tiger Better, was just like never. There's somebody there. Yeah. Like, I mean, Serena maybe was just completely dominant. Um, but again, for that period of time is just to play that often, to be that dominant for that long of a stretch is, is crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. Um, I, didn't think of this one until so, so zach uh is who asked this question when we were at the bachelor party and he brought up ricky henderson his stolen base record which is legitimately ridiculous and i don't like <laughs> baseball but like you have to give some credit to i don't understand like as we were talking about this why this guy wasn't like a i mean he he wasn't a sprinter because you would make way more money playing baseball but it's it's ridiculous he just like Basically, every time he got on base, stole another base. He has yeah. 1,406 stolen bases across a 25-year career. That's, that's, how does that happen? Like, okay, so let Chris Gates is going to do more math. 1,406 divided by 25, he stole 56 bases a season. And like, you know, <laughs> you know that in the back half of his career, he wasn't stealing bases that, that many bases. So he was like right. for a while there stealing base, like 80, 90, hundred bases a season. That's just, that's insane. Yeah. And to put it in perspective, he's, he's got like 500 more stolen bases than the person in second place. <laughs> 500. <laughs> yeah. That's not, there's People no are way lucky to have 500 from- in a career. <laughs> right. If you have 500 in a career now, they're like, yeah, that guy was fast, but You're like one of the best, yeah. You're one of the best. Yeah, no, that is, that's hard to wrap your mind around that. It really is is hard to wrap your mind around that that number and that there's just no way, no, no way you're going to have an athlete that's going to be able to come along and because you have to be good too, right? You can't just be good at stealing bases. You know, just, I mean, you'd be a pinch runner, but like, you got to get on base, right? You also got to get on base. And so to be able to be, to be that dominant, be able to get on base that often and then steal bases that, that often is crazy is crazy yeah yeah i remember when somebody, he, yeah, he brought that up it was a that was a pretty wild one to, to wrap our heads around um this one i think it, it didn't come up directly but it, it's almost come up more in the news now recently because aaron judge of the yankees just what hit his 50th home run of the season and he's one of like two or three players in the american league to hit 50 home runs before the month of september and now there's all this debate of, you know, if he gets to 60, 61, 62, he's not going to get to 70 uh, or over 70. Uh, but, you know, how do you consider these home run kings? And technically the record belongs to Barry Bonds. Now, I don't think that's the record that will hold up the longest. I think that'll potentially be broken one day. But. The other Barry Bonds record that I don't see happening is 120 intentional walks in one season. So like one a game, basically. So yeah, just a little under one a game. That's crazy. And the dude still crushed 
we can have this whole separate debate on how he did it, but he still hit home runs basically every other time. Um, there are teams, ladies and gentlemen, that don't get 121 intentional walks in an entire season. Teams that don't get that. And for so for one individual athlete to get intentionally walked, this yeah. doesn't count just regular walks, which they intentionally walked. Yeah, which they basically like even when he wasn't intentionally walked, they threw bullshit pitches at him that he was yeah. walked uh, probably two or three times as many times just by nature of a normal walk. Exactly. Exactly. And they've made intentional walks much easier now, right? It's basically acknowledging it and throwing one pitch or something weird to try to speed up the game. Um, that's not going to make this record any more breakable. 120. I don't care if somebody's on pace to hit. 70 home runs in a year the steroid era is over and that's what really caused that whole thing and there's no way <laughs> there's no way anybody's getting intentionally walked 120 times no matter how home runs how many home runs they're hitting in the era of baseball that we're in anymore it's just i, I can't see it happening and i miss the steroid era it was bring exciting it bring it back. no matter what it was exciting it was my favorite time <laughs> in baseball what a what an era, right? Um, so the last one I have, Dan, is just actually more of a question for you. Okay. Uh, does does Joey Chestnut belong on this list? I mean, I don't see how he can't be. I how mean, many has maybe, he won in a row now? I think uh, I think he's won fifteen. <laughs> Come on, uh, unbreakable. I mean, other than him just continuing to you know, extend his personal records. Like, and here's the thing, like Kobayashi was doing it, right? He was doing it. Yeah, yeah. And then Joey comes along and it's like 1A and 1B. It's the top two guys. And then Joey just takes over and Kobayashi fades away. And again, we can't encourage you enough to find that 30 for 30. I don't know how many times we yeah, say it on this seriously. podcast. It's phenomenal. <laughs> Still have it on my DVR if anybody wants to come over. Um but it's the way that Joey's doing it too. Like blowing people out of the water. Yeah. You like, know what I mean? Like getting attacked on stage and still winning by 20 hot dogs. or whatever. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Ridiculous. Exactly. Um, like total hot dogs eaten in a career, I'm sure will also belong to him. But yeah, I, I don't see how anybody could come along and destroy because it, it will be much more of a fairly competitive field once Joey Chestnut decides to retire. Because if you look at all the, all the results, like two through five, they're all in the same ballpark. So someone's not going to come along and dominate every year. Like Joey has, he's a one of a kind human being, a one of a kind athlete. Um, you know, we thought we saw it in Kobayashi, but Joey has just, I mean, there's just no way. There's just no way somebody's going to be able to dominate, dominate like he did. He's done for years to come. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, the man's not done. Just want to say that. He's not done. I saw He's him. not done yet. He, uh, he so the, the, one of the Pirates uh, minor league affiliates is in Indianapolis, and they had him in for like a popcorn eating contest uh, before the game or something okay. like that. And he just like crushed like it was ridiculous and an popcorn animal. think about how many times you've had an uncomfortable experience eating popcorn like it's not the easiest food to put down it's very true yeah that takes a lot how do you not choke yeah you get a few bad kernels and, and you're yeah and, it's all it takes yeah it's it's a bad it's a bad Woo. day for you oh boy. boy oh boy wow so yeah there you go joey chestnut unbreakable I'm I'm glad we I'm glad we ended with Joey Chestnut. <laughs> Ricky Henderson, Tiger Woods, Joey Chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta be a t-shirt. You know, like how Diddy has those, like uh he has the LA one that has like the Lakers names. We need oh, that man. We, with the three athletes you just sent. Doing it, doing it. Let's go. <laughs> um, all right, Dan, let's go into brunch court. What uh what would you like to dive into first? Uh, let's go into this aerosol <laughs> product. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's as good as I can, frankly, explain it, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what you are looking at 
here um, is a, I don't even know how to explain it. It's one of a kind. Okay. So this is aerosol ranch and blue cheese, separate containers. Okay. A company called Flip Whip has introduced a new line of whipped dips and dressings, uh, creamy ranch and blue cheese. And <laughs> this is available, Chris, this might be a familiar name for you. I'm not sure. Or at least your your wife and her family, uh, Woodman's supermarket chain in Wisconsin, and also a little bit in the Chicago area. This is where it is exclusively right now, found at Woodman's. Uh, but the company is called Flip Whip, and it's creamy ranch and blue cheese, like basically in a Cool Whip container, is basically what it is. Um, I can't tell if this is genius or just completely and utterly disgusting. I'm curious <laughs> as to what you think because I'm I'm on the fence. Well. If any state was going to do some weird shit with cream and cheese, <laughs> yeah, right. It was going to be the state of Wisconsin. So right. shout out to uh, my native home. I am, I am oddly in favor of this, and I'll explain why. I, I, I don't think I would enjoy this or use it at all. But like my kids or my oldest my daughter she really likes dipping food in stuff like she anything that we have for dinner she asks like for a dip so i could see like and she even likes whipped cream like she likes dipping like fruit and whipped cream and stuff like that so i could see like whipped cream but like it's actually ranch being a big hit with kids mm -hmm. i don't know when I would use that, <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't know the utility it would serve for my life, but I can see it for others. That's a great point. That's a really good point because like my thought, I, I don't use, I, I don't, I'm not a really big fan of blue cheese, but when you think ranch blue cheese, you, it's basically when you order wings, which one do you want? Right. Yeah. Ranch or blue cheese. That's primarily what I use ranch for. Uh, maybe occasionally with like pizza, but it doesn't belong on salads and other things. It's like basically uh, it is. It's more of a dip. So like I can see in certain instances how a whipped version of creamy ranch could make sense like in a veggie dip. You know what I mean? Because yeah. ranch can be a little liquidy. So if it's a little fluffier and yeah. it's sticking to that you know, carrot stick or celery stick or whatever, I got you. That's a good point. It works. Um Maybe even on pizza, instead of dunking the pizza or like drizzling. I mean, let's get into buffalo chicken pizza talk about a, a, an incredible pizza flavor that is. But sometimes if you're drizzling ranch or something like that, you get a little messy. If you're lightening it up a little bit, maybe this is the method. Maybe this is the use for it. On the other hand, I started off by saying I use ranch if I'm having like wings, like hot wings. I can't see dipping hot wings in like it's going to be the texture is going to throw me off because mm. I'm going to think of whip, cool whip or icing or something like that. That's where it throws me off. Um, so that's why I'm kind of 50 50 on this. But I do like the idea of, you know, you got a veggie tray or whatever it is, and it's more used as like a dip and it's lighter, easier to get in your vessel. <laughs> then I could see it. I could see it. So I think. I think I can be on board with this. I'm yeah. I'm intrigued enough to be on board. Yeah, I like I like that. I didn't think about how like it as a replacement for something that's a lot more liquidy. Yeah, I think I think yeah. you're onto something there. That might be that utility in my life that makes sense. Fascinating. Fascinating. Maybe it was Wisconsin. fascinating. It took so long to get to this. Like, what's next? Flip whip. Interesting. Um, we might have a different debate on this second item. <laughs> <laughs> uh and ladies and gentlemen get to a video screen if you oh can oh my god believe it oscar meyer no of oscar meyer wiener has collaborated with uh pop bar which is like a popsicle company to launch the cold dog and it's hot dog flavored basically a hot dog flavored popsicle <laughs> Um, it's available right now. 
Oh, and uh, various locations uh, around New York, I think uh, New Orleans, $2 each. Um, now, to describe it, if you don't have the visual in front of you, it does. It literally looks like a hot dog on a popsicle stick, and there's this like drizzle of mustard in the photo. Uh, I did a little fur- further digging because th- that just really bothered me. <laughs> and from I, I got a, I, there was a reviewer that actually had this and they said, believe it or not, it's actually much better than you would expect because it's actually gelato. So it's frozen gelato, which if anybody's had gelato, you know, it's much creamier. Um, and so because of the texture is smooth and it's like kind of got this, it doesn't taste like meaty. They said it's almost like a little, like a touch smoky. And the yellow mustard drizzle is actually white chocolate. It's not mustard. And somehow the like salty and this like light little bit of sweet kind of go together. And this isn't nearly as bad as they thought it was going to be. Um, with all that information, Chris, please, the floor is yours. See, to me, that's bullshit. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> like if somebody puts a bowl of chocolate ice cream in front of you and then you take a bite of it and it tastes like a cheeseburger like you're not gonna be it's not you know like you can't there's something to presentation value there's something to like the way that we see food and optically how we like experience it so you can't throw something that looks like a hot dog at me but then like the mustard tastes like white chocolate get the hell out of here that's ridiculous i hate this so much I hate this so, so, so much. It looks disgusting. I even hate the person's hand that's holding it with the yellow fingernails. That is even more <laughs> disgusting. I don't want any part of this. I think it's terrible. I'm a huge hot dog guy. Big fan. <laughs> no, Dan, noted um, hot dog. Noted, hot, noted dog hot dog fan. But this is just wrong on so, so many incredible levels. Um. I was starting to warm up on the idea a little bit when I was reading this review. This person kind of describing it. I'm like, okay, I can kind of get it. But then like when you really think about the flavors, I'm like, no, 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 no. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It can't work. It absolutely can't work. Um, And you're right. Visually, it really throws me off because it sure as hell looks like mustard on there. And it's not. Um, can't do this. We we can't do this. We the hot dog's good enough. Leave it alone. Just please leave it alone. They took away the choco taco and they threw this in our faces instead. Yeah, that's that's even makes it even worse, right? The choco that was the direction. Oh, it's like a ta- it's like a taco. It's chocolate and it's ice cream, it, but it looks like that. This is like oh, looks like a hot dog. Tastes like a hot dog. And it's frozen, and we threw some white chocolate on there. No, no, no. Too soon, too much. <laughs> Can't do it. Don't even think I'd try it. Don't even think I'd try it. Too soon, Oscar Mayer. Come on. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, well, you want to dive into music here? I think we're getting close to getting close to an hour. Yeah, yeah, we're getting close to We can uh, talk about what we're listening to this week. All right. Uh, Dan, why don't you go first? I need to pull up my list. Surely. Yeah, we'll start it off uh, this week. Um, Hello. Welcome back, The Struts. That's right. The Struts struts. are back with new music, strutting along. And uh, they released a new single called Fallen With Me. And it kind of has a little bit of a different vibe. If you know much about The Struts, this is a little more pop forward maybe then you're used to hearing they're like kind of more anthony rock tracks uh but i dig it i really really dig it and i know that they're happy about uh the feedback that they've received on it so far and so i hope we have more to come soon uh but the struts are back ladies and gentlemen and fallen with me is the track that'll be on the playlist this week nice yeah i have not heard from the struts or of the struts oh there's probably a song no, I, I know the struts. I'm saying like okay. I have not heard from that band. From them. They haven't been called you in a while. Yeah, they haven't exactly. Exactly. Okay. I've been like, hey, struts. 
<laughs> was shaken. Um, my first one is going to be from quite literally friends of the podcast. Dan goalkeeper has a new song out called. Oh, nice. Love it. Yeah. The song is called sooner. Um, I hope that it is a sign that they maybe have a full length coming out. Um, I don't know, man. There's something about like goalkeeper. So we got connected with them because we played a show with them many years ago now at this point, but like there, that show was looped into our buddies at eternal boy who is a pop punk trio goalkeeper is a pop punk trio. I fall, I fell in love with pop punk because of blink 182, a pop punk trio. There's just something about that man that kind of hits all the chords I'm looking for. Um, and it doesn't hurt that goalkeeper quite literally puts out amazing music. So um, always want to support those guys when they have new, new music. So we'll, we'll toss that on there this week. I love it. And like super, super nice and cool dudes, yeah. just like the coolest dudes. Yeah. Like I, I miss those guys, um, but always happy to support them and see them putting out new music. That is, that's super awesome. Uh, next one for me this week. Um Elton John and Britney Spears, because we all saw that coming. Let's go. 2022. (laughs) Uh, Hold Me Closer is the name. And it's like kind of the, you know, remix, tiny dancer that everybody knows. Uh, And it's a dancey remix. And it's just two icons coming together out of nowhere. Britney's been in the news for all sorts of the wrong reasons lately. And she teams up with Elton John. And I'm all about this, like Elton John kind of reinventing himself you know, putting out, you know, hits with Dua Lipa. Um, we're going to see him in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, all of a sudden, like, I have this huge, like, change in expectation <laughs> about, like, who's going to be there? Who's going to come out? You yeah, know what man. I mean? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. He's going to, like, bring out Cardi B, and they're just going to, like, <laughs> do a duet or something like that. So I, I, I freaking love it. I love it. And the songs that he's putting out are, are really good. They're just not, like, trashy remakes of his uh songs so uh hold me closer elton john britney spears let's go i can't wait to listen to that <laughs> um the next one for me dan is i think i discovered this band because of the bachelor party we went to because it is a very real thing that our phone and our apps are just listening to us all the time we went to a bachelor party in chicago with a bunch of people from cleveland then one of the bands i discovered the week after that was from Chicago, and their name is Cleveland Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) That is utterly ridiculous. Uh, But luckily, their music is delightful. Pop punk band out of Chicago. I'm going to put their newest release, Colors, on the playlist. But kind of creepy. That's wild. And look at you digging deep. Uh, I I love it. New new (laughs) artists, new music, just fantastic stuff. And that's... Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's go with the collabs. Let's keep that going. Uh, David Guetta and BB Rexa. Cause hell yeah. Why not? Now, Chris, if you haven't heard this song yet, it'll ring a familiar tone in your ear. Uh, The title of the track is I'm good uh, with blue, the word blue in parentheses, blue referring to, Blue by, yes, you guessed it, Eiffel 65. Let's go. Let's go. A remix on another iconic song. That's the theme this week, apparently, on the playlist. Um, And this is how you sample songs and make them your own and, like, still honor them and don't do them dirty. Like, it's it's really well done. It's bringing it back to life. A good dancey track remix version of it. So, David Guetta, BB Rexa, thank you for this. I'm good. Blue. I love it. I love it. I have such memories of seventh grade in that song. (laughs) Um, The last one for me is a band called Two Trains Left. They're actually from Paris. I keep stumbling upon uh, these pop punk bands that like are legitimately awesome. But then I hear like, hey, like the way they said that sentence just like sounds different. I wonder where they're from. And then they're from Europe. Um, This is happening to me all the time. Uh, So two trains left this song, sick of the regrets, a psycho story is the name of the song. It starts with Dan. I know you're a Jim Carrey fan. It starts with um, that. It was Truman show, right? Was his like fake reality movie. Yep. Um, It was the thing he says like, uh, and if I don't see uh, 
uh, good afternoon, good evening, and good night is what. Correct. Right. Yeah. That's how the song starts. So the minute I heard that, I was like, oh, what is this? And then it <laughs> dove into like a banger pop punk song. And then turns out the band is from Paris. I don't know. It was like a, it was, it was a cool combination of random shit. And uh, we're going to put it on the playlist this week. Wow. Nice. I love that. I'm super intrigued now. Super intrigued. Uh, I'm going to give you a bonus one because we don't have Daniel Dudley with us this week, but uh, Black Bear released his new album last week. And I'm going to put on Dead Inside because, Chris, you're going to like it. Because um, I'm it, dead it's inside. It's a great. Because you're dead inside. Exactly. <laughs> um, the album's called In Loving Memory. It's just a great pop punk song. Uh, Black nice. Bear is kind of, he can be very dynamic where he's kind of give you the like, you know, the side that's a little bit more rap heavy or hip hop yeah. heavy, but he's got the pop punk side to him as well. This has a great like driving melody. The guitar is fantastic in it. Uh, Dead Inside by Black Bear. A little bonus track for you this week. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Um, that's good stuff. Well, Dan, this is the part of the episode where Didi asks us for our final thoughts. Do you have a final thought today? Um, yes, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put a bow on that. We've talked about the Chicago bachelor party quite a bit. And there were some things that we didn't get a chance to cover. It was a phenomenal trip. Uh, two things. If you're in Chicago or in Denver, go to happy camper for brunch or dinner, or it's like one of the coolest places on the planet. Second of all, if you don't split checks, tell people that in advance. It's do a little more <laughs> cursy for large groups. And then if you also don't accept cash, maybe let them know in advance as well to avoid a little bit of chaos. I'd appreciate that. So just a little tip for everybody out there to wrap yeah. things up today. Those are great points. Those are great points. <laughs> Dan, my final thought is I'm excited to tailgate with you. Yes, we are here. The season is upon us, the greatest of all seasons. And like, yeah, mate, wait, my friend, it's going to be a wild and fun fall. It's going to be a good time. And uh, we will talk to all of you next week for football preview brunch. So until then, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you soon.